We are the lab doctors. I'm Amanda. I'm Dorothy. And I'm Zhao Yong. We are biomedical researchers who realize we still have a lot to learn about science. So why not join us on this quest? Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. So this month we have a new theme, so period month. Period month. It's a new month and a new month also, if you get it. Yes. <laughs> okay, so on this week's Today We Discuss episode, we will be discussing the menstrual cycle. If you're unfamiliar, Today We Discuss episodes are the ones where we did our research beforehand and now we will discuss the interesting things that we have discovered. So, given that it is period month, one of the most obvious topics is menstrual cycle, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, today's episode will be a cheat sheet on the basics of menstrual cycles and periods. And we'll also talk about what happens when you age or weird things to look out for or miss or delayed periods. So yeah, if you're squirmish about that, I guess listener discretion is advised nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, maybe Dorothy can get us started talking about the menstrual cycle and the statistics of periods. Okay. So the menstrual cycle, and we highlight the word cycle, is the one that refers to the entire thing. So it lasts an average of 24 to 38 days, and this number can vary from different articles you read from, but basically it's around there. So this menstrual cycle comprises of the period, which is the menstruation, and that is when women bleed, and this can last about 2 to 7 days. So females, they get their first period usually between the ages of 11 to 14 years old, and I don't know if nowadays it's like getting earlier and earlier, maybe because of the food we eat. I don't know. But basically, they will then bleed approximately every month until they're about 51 years of age. And that is when they hit menopause and that's when you stop bleeding and you stop becoming fertile. Right. So the menstrual cycle is kind of like a little bit sad if you think about it to me. It's basically like a cyclical process of the female body getting ready for pregnancy. And then they're like, oh yes, let's get ready to make babies. And then after that, like the body just gets so disappointed. And then they're like, oh, no baby. And then they like just bleed it out and just cry tears of blood. Every month. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it sounds so sad. Yeah, it's kind of sad. It does, yeah. Now that you I mean, phrase it this way. <laughs> I guess you also don't want a baby every month, so... Such vivid imagery. Anyway, <laughs> okay, back to the topic. <laughs> there are four stages to the menstrual cycle, and it's a bit hard to decide which date to start with. But I'll just start with the menstrual phase. So the menstrual phase is the bleeding phase, which is the period. Mm. And it signifies the start of a new menstrual cycle. So usually we count this as day one. This phase starts because an egg was released from the previous cycle and was not fertilized. The unfertilized eggs cause the levels of estrogen and progesterone hormones to drop. So basically you'll just hear about estrogen and progesterone throughout this whole menstrual cycle because it's the two key hormones that play a very important role in like maintaining and controlling what happens inside your womb. Mm. So then because of the drop in the hormone levels, the thickened uterine lining, which is where the eggs would fertilize and get implanted, will shed and... It will come out together with blood, mucus, and other tissues from the uterus. Right. So next, it's the follicular phase. This phase overlaps with the first day of your period, which is the menstrual phase, and also ends when you ovulate. So this is about like from day one, and it can end as early as day 11 or as late as day 27, depending on the length of your menstrual cycle. In this phase, your body sends signal to release an egg. 
And to do that, the hypothalamus, which is a part of your brain, right. signals the pituitary gland to release the follicle-stimulating hormone. So the, pitu- <laughs> the pituitary gland <laughs> is the size of about a pea, P-E-A, and it's attached to the base of the brain. Right. And also releases a lot of other kinds of hormones that control different processes in your body like growth and reproduction. Right, right. Now, back to the follicle-stimulating hormone. So the follicle-stimulating hormone triggers the ovaries to produce about 5 to 20 small sacs called follicles. And I'm like, ooh, so many. Right. So then, each follicle will contain an immature egg. And only the healthiest egg will finally mature. It's like Hunger Games. I don't know. It's like... (laughs) (laughs) Battle Royale of the eggs. (laughs) So only the healthiest egg will mature and... On some occasions, you have two eggs that can mature and then that's where you get twins. So the rest of the follicles will be reabsorbed into the body. And the mature follicle will then cause an increase in estrogen level that leads to the thickening of the uterine lining. So you're prepping up for pregnancy. Right. And in the third phase, it's the ovulation phase. So this is when high estrogen levels trigger the pituitary gland to release a luteinizing hormone. And luteinizing hormone would trigger ovulation. So ovulation is the process when the ovary releases the mature egg. Mm -hmm. This egg travels down the fallopian tube into the uterus. This stage is commonly known to be day 14 of the menstrual cycle, especially if your cycle is a 28-day one. So it's like around the midpoint. Mm -hmm. And it is the day where women can get pregnant. It's like probably the most fertile day. So for girls, you may have heard that it is this day that your basal body temperature will be higher. And that is true. You may also see thicker vaginal discharge and that is that is like the texture of egg whites. So that's another sign if you're looking out for it. Mm. And finally, we reach the luteal phase. Hope there's not too much information. <laughs> the luteal phase is when the follicle changes into this thing called the corpus luteum once its egg is released. So this structure releases hormones, mainly progesterone and estrogen. And these hormones keep the uterine lining thick and ever ready for the fertilized egg to implant. When a female gets pregnant, the body produces the human chorionic gonadotrophin, Mm -hmm. HCG. And this is what maintains the corpus luteum, which in turn maintains the uterine lining to be thick so that the fetus can grow. And HCG is the hormone that the pregnancy kids detect. Right, right, right. And if it's not pregnant, then your body will start crying, blood. (laughs) So this is when (laughs) the corpus luteum will shrink and be reabsorbed by the body. So that means that your body will get lower levels of progesterone and estrogen, which in turn would mean that the uterine lining can no longer be kept thick and will begin to shed which means we go all the way back to the first phase, which is the menstrual phase. Yay! Yay. Finish! One cycle. So long, so many things happening. Oh my gosh, so... We learned this in school, yeah. I think, but then... Yeah. As in, like, we don't really research on this now, so we don't really, like, read up on yeah, it anymore. Yeah, forget. Because so like, oh. there's a lot of steps. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Dorothy said that females usually get their first period around 11 to 14 and menstruate all up until about 51 years of age. So I guess our next question was what happens throughout the different ages? I guess as usual, I'm just going to disclaimer a bit because, you know, personally, I don't go through periods. <laughs> yeah. And so if I laugh or anything, it's it's my coping mechanism because I'm awkward this way. <laughs> okay, so periods through the different ages. So... Like what Dorothy said, in Singapore and US, generally people get their first periods around 11 to 12. So Dorothy said, like, I think 
11 to 14, is it? Yeah. So yeah. something like plus minus, you know, a couple of years is completely normal. But I was just thinking about how crazy it is to deal with your first period, but also like PSLE. Imagine because <laughs> like, you're 12. So in Singapore, PSLE is yes. like, yeah, it's a state exam. So I'm like, holy shit, I'm already like studying so much for this craziest state exam at 12. And then if I had to deal with my first period, I'm like, holy crap, I had to go through my first period. And it's like, I'm just randomly bleeding out of my body. <laughs> it's kind of scary, actually. Yeah. So I mean, like, I, I just hope that everyone has someone that they can talk to, mm. especially like, you know, when dealing with your mm. first periods and, and stuff. Yeah. Um. So, but that's the thing. For teens and tweens, when they're first going through their periods, it's generally rather irregular and unpredictable. So, it's not weird if some things are not as regular or your cycles are not as regular. But do take note of certain symptoms because that might be out of the ordinary. And that these are actually menstrual disorders that actually get diagnosed later in life. But that doesn't mean that they only occur later in life. Okay. So, some symptoms to take note of as a teen or tween. What are tweens? Tween is just before teen, I think. So 11 to 12. <laughs> is, it, is it like in between? That's why it's called is tween. 12 in? 12 ish? Is that what tween is? I don't know. So the 12 ish yeah, thing okay. sounds legit. <laughs> Let us know what a tween is. Anyway, um, symptoms that are out of the ordinary include pain in the pelvic region. So I don't really know what's the difference between this and cramps. I don't know whether or not cramps occur in the pelvic region. Mm, I guess it's a bit a bit higher up. It's higher. Okay. So. so yeah. So pain in the pelvic region, and I guess this must be like rather severe, like not normal. Mm. And I guess this is during your menstruation, so when you're yeah, bleeding. And then uh, lower back pains, pain in the lower abdomen. The lower abdomen, I think, refers to the period cramps. Yeah. Okay. Long periods or heavy periods when you are in your teens and tweens might suggest that there might be certain menstrual disorders that you might have and and it's important to take note of them. Again, I feel like hopefully people who have periods have people that they can talk to and discuss whether or not something is normal and hopefully the environment is right for that. But always take note of these things. I guess it's very similar to poops. Always (laughs) take note of anything that's irregular and monitor them and then hopefully you can seek medical help for all these things. So then in your 20s, so generally as people pass from their teens into their 20s, the menstruation cycle becomes a lot more regular and that's because that's when fertility is at its peak. So generally people in their 20s are the most fertile. (laughs) That's it. It's, you know, a choice. In fact, because it's a choice, many people in their 20s actually use birth control. But of course, always seek a medical professional about whether or not you should be on birth control because birth control can be used to regulate hormonal cycles. Mm -hmm. And so just like what Dorothy mentioned previously, again, working off the backs of hardworking women, hormonal (laughs) contraceptives. Basically, birth control are hormonal contraceptives. So um, they can come in the form of a pill, a patch, or a vaginal ring. And it contains synthetic estrogen and progestin hormones. So progestin is just a synthetic version of progesterone. And uh, this doesn't mean that these hormones are any less natural than the ones that your body produce. All synthetic means is just it is produced outside the body versus inside the body. So it's completely, in a sense, natural. It's just not made by your body. The point is that taking these hormones, like what Dorothy was mentioning just now, would suppress other hormones like FSH and LH. And as such, it would keep your body at a post-ovulation state. So then it won't prime your body for another ovulation cycle. 
And that's why when you're under birth control, then you are able to, in a sense, stop or delay the cycle. Yeah, but that's it. Again, please seek medical professional if you want to go under birth control and find out what is right for you because there are many different levels and many different types of birth control that a person can take and whether or not one is right for you is is really a trial and error kind of thing. So then in their 30s, people are still generally regularly ovulating and your period should be as regular as it was in your 20s. That's it. Most people nowadays, apparently, according to the article, stats say that most people are having children in their 30s. And so if you just gave birth, uh, you may or may not get your period immediately. It really just depends on whether or not a person has been breastfeeding because that stimulates another type of hormone to continue to produce. To continue to produce breast milk and that would suppress like other hormones that cause menses. Yes, yes, yes. I think the hormone is prolactin, yeah, I but think I, so. I can't... I didn't write it up. Yeah. So that's it. For people in their mid to late 30s, you might go through a phase called perimenopause. So that means that... Sounds... (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, we went for that talk uh, about menopause. Okay, Uh anyway, you'll go into it later, but basically it's... Anyway, Anyway. (laughs) perimenopause generally is defined as the 8 to 10 years leading up to menopause. So generally, the body starts producing less estrogen and less progesterone. And yeah, that, like I said, it can start in the mid-30s. So it really depends on your body and it really depends on, you know, how many eggs or follicles were developed as you were developing Mm, as a baby in the womb. So in the 40s, similar to when, I guess, people first start getting their periods, the cycle becomes more irregular Mm. and there can be unpredictable, you know, bleeding and stuff. So there are certain signs that say that you're in perimenopause and these are a drier than usual vagina, hot flashes. So that is like a sudden increase in your body temperature. It goes away relatively quickly Mm -hmm. as well. And then you can get chills and night sweats. There might be trouble sleeping. There might be moodiness, weight gain, thinning hair or dry skin, loss of breast fullness. This sounds very scary. Y- yes, because um, all of these are due to changes in hormonal, uh. hormonal regulation. And so it's completely normal to go through all these different things. But again, it's something that you kind of need to monitor. You don't necessarily need to go see a doctor about you know perimenopause. But if you're experiencing something out of the ordinary or you feel like it's out of the ordinary, again, speak to people that are in your life or go visit a medical professional. But that's it. If you still go exercise, eat right, sleep well, generally all these symptoms shouldn't be that much of an issue. Uh... It should, you know, be manageable by itself. Mm. And then lastly, in the 50s, so generally um, what is defined as menopause is a period where period (laughs) when someone hasn't undergone their period for 12 for consecutively 12 months so about a year okay and on average this happens at about age 51 like what dorothy mentioned so typically the symptoms are not that far off of perimenopause but generally after that people don't get their menstruations Mm post-menopause that's it there might still be hormonal activity because as long as a person has ovaries then there would be hormones that are being secreted and it can still be rather cyclical and hence fluctuations in mood or certain symptoms that occur like in perimenopause might still happen post-menopause but typically over 60 there shouldn't be much activity or cycles Mm. at all so 
even after menopause, if you still experience, you know, moodiness or um, having trouble sleeping, hot flashes, so on and so forth, then it's still relatively normal. It's your body just adjusting to post-menopause life. Yeah. Okay. So that's the entire thing. I feel like menopause can totally be its own topic because it's more than just about ovulation and periods. There's so many things because yes, yes. um, it actually can affect things like bone health, cardiac, Yes. symptoms and mental health issues because mm. of all these yes. changing hormones so it's quite uh, it just sounds like oh I already went through a period like for my teens to my 40s and then now I have to go through this yeah <sighs> sorry a woman's life anyway <laughs> yes so um no it's fine I'm just ranting <laughs> yep Okay, so I guess what Zhao was telling us was about the different stages that you go through as you age. So I guess now we'll talk about what to look out for. Because if you didn't realize, Zhao said a lot of consult your medical professional or yes. talk to someone about it. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is um, period blood colors. Okay, so just a disclaimer, some blood colors may be indicative of other problems, especially if accompanied by certain symptoms. But for this session, I will just only cover like what colors are related to menstruation. And if you ever find that your color of your flow isn't what you usually experience, then you may want to see a doctor or something. So let's go into colors. First, we have bright red. So this bright red color of blood is usually when the period starts and the blood is fresh and leaving your body very quickly. Yeah. Dark red would mean that your blood has oxidized. So this is oxidation, but not to the point where it becomes brownish. That's why it's just a little bit darker. So this happens when you've been lying down. You could have been lying down quite long. And so the blood is just hanging out in the uterus and mildly oxidizing. And then maybe when you go to the toilet later, then it's like okay. dark red. Then brown okay. would mean that the blood has oxidized quite a lot. So the blood is quite old. Usually happens at the start or end of your period when the flow is slower. Surprisingly, blood may also be left over from previous period. And this is a new fact to me. Oh. It's kind of scary. Wow. Like. And black. So black sounds a bit scary. But basically, it's similar to brown blood. And this is blood that has taken a very, very, very long time to leave your uterus. And it's actually not much of a concern. Oh, okay. Okay, and on the other spectrum, we have pink or orange blood. So I don't remember seeing orange blood in particular. Pink, I'm not too sure. But basically, these pink or orange colored blood can happen at the start or at the end of your period usually. So the lighter shade is because the blood has been mixed with cervical fluid. Okay. And this fluid is basically a big component of vaginal discharge. So this could also be a sign of low estrogen, which means that the uterine lining is not stable enough and could have been shed randomly. And of course, this usually happens in other processes like if you're getting pregnant and stuff like that, but I won't go into it. So then lastly is grey or off-white colour and this came as a shock to me. When you see grey or off-white colour, call a doctor because this could be due to infections or a miscarriage. And this may come with other signs of infection like fever, pain, itchiness and foul smell yep that's all i have so talking about irregularities like if you see 
Mm-hmm. Weird signs. Let's see what other signs could cause irregular menstruation. Okay, so the first one that I'm going to talk about irregular menstruation here refers specifically to if a female misses a period. So that means menstruation did not occur for longer than two 28 to 35 day cycles. Mm. So one of the reasons which probably a lot of people know about and we've talked about already is pregnancy. So Dorothy already went into detail about the menstrual cycle, but Basically, when an egg is fertilized, it's important for the developing embryo to be embedded in the uterine lining. Yep. So hormone levels, specifically progesterones, are regulated to maintain that lining, which would have otherwise been shed, causing periods. So that's why you could miss a period if the egg has been fertilized. Right. However, there are other reasons for missed periods, and they all basically have to do with an imbalance of hormones. Oh. So one of the reasons, one of the most common reasons is stress. So when stress levels peak, the body is flooded with hormones that switch on the fight or flight mode. Mm -hmm. So these hormones suppress unnecessary functions like the reproductive system. Unnecessary in terms of what you have to do when you are in imminent danger. So the reproductive system is not of high importance when you are facing a threat, like running for your life oh, or something like sure. that. <laughs> so, so high stress can temporarily stop ovulation, which in turn causes missed periods. Mm. So actually a similar thing happens when you exercise too hard or burn more calories than what is consumed. So your body is in a flux where it doesn't have enough energy to maintain all the functions. So again, the reproductive system takes a hit and may throw off the menstrual cycle. So another common reason is sudden weight gain or loss, specifically when BMI changes too rapidly. So the extreme changes in body fat can lead to chaotic hormonal imbalance, which may cause the period to be late or stop entirely. So I won't go into the rest in detail, but missed periods can also be caused by PCOS, which is polycystic ovary syndrome caused by imbalance of reproductive hormones, as I've said many times already, Mm -hmm. and actually other chronic conditions like celiac disease, thyroid issues, and diabetes. Mm. And it may also be a side effect of taking hormonal birth control, or maybe it's just a sign of menopause, which Zhao Yong already talked about as well. Right. Okay, so going into the last one, which is late periods. Mm -hmm. So... Late period meaning the period still occurs within the two regular cycles, but it's just a bit later than your normal. So say if you're on a 28-day cycle, then it's maybe a bit like Delay 30, a bit. 35 days, that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. So a lot of the same culprits as missed periods feature here too, like stress, low body weight, obesity, PCOS, birth control, celiac, and diabetes. But one of the things that I actually wanted to cover here is sleep schedule changes. Okay. So the circadian rhythm or your body's inner clock can regulate hormonal imbalance, which could in turn cause changes in period cycles. So sleep schedule changes could be due to things like switching to the night shift or even traveling. Yeah, And I only found out because it it happened to me a few days ago. A few Uh, days ago. You were traveling. A few years ago. (laughs) Okay, so... Basically, I traveled to the US for a science conference a few years ago in San Diego. And it was pretty cool, actually. I I mean, so I took that chance also to travel a little bit. So after San Diego, I went to New York with my sister, which is Mm -hmm. a three-hour difference. Then we flew back to the West Coast, so another three-hour change, Mm -hmm. to visit San Francisco and LA before I stopped back in San Diego to fly back to Singapore, which is a nine-hour difference. Okay. So after coming back, I realized my period was delayed and I knew it wasn't the usual suspects like weight gain or loss or exercise. And it wasn't, it definitely wasn't stress because 
holiday, Amanda, is a real <laughs> phenomenon. <laughs> yes, it is. Very real. <laughs> so it, it definitely was Holiday, Amanda, stra- so different. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I come to the lab being like, feeling so happy and like content <laughs> with life. Okay, but anyway, it, it had been about a month and a half, so I was a bit concerned. Not because I thought I was pregnant, but because panic Googling generally always leads to a cancer diagnosis. Yes. So it turns out it was just sleep cycle changes, jet lag, and changing time zones. Mm. So anyway, TLDR is irregular sleep can also cause delayed or missed periods. So PSA to monitor your cycles and consult a doctor immediately if you have any of the following symptoms, which is unusual heavy bleeding, fever, severe pain, nausea, vomiting, or bleeding longer than seven days. Actually, I just want to ask, like, what about periods that happen too early? Because sometimes, like, you know, your period's like a maybe 28-day cycle and something comes like super early, like one week earlier or something like that. Whether, whether it's the same. I think it's the same because like basically it's just hormone regulation and like everything being a bit different. So which is why there's like fluctuations between people. So which is why everyone doesn't have a strict 28-day cycle. Mm. So if you think about it, if delayed periods can be caused by hormonal imbalance, actually early periods can also be caused by like that hormonal imbalance. True. And I think, I don't know if Zhao Yong talked about it, but then there's also the like whole refractory period which yep, yep. yeah if you are on birth control mm. which can also yes. like affect like hormonal changes which can definitely bring your period up right 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 so yep. i was just thinking like if stress causes late period and so if i get an early period does it mean i'm not stressed <laughs> <laughs> maybe stressed in a different way like your body is responding to stress uh, in a different way yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. it throws off yeah. your imbalance if you're like suddenly you're like so so happy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I hope everyone has learned or refreshed your memories mm-hmm. uh, about the menstrual cycle. And basically, periods are very variable. They can keep changing mm. throughout your months. There's a lot of things affecting. So just don't get too worried all the time. But if you see something that is different from what you usually experience and it's consistently different for some reason, then maybe you would just like to check it out with a doctor. If not, right. don't worry too much. Everything is okay. Because stress can also cause changes. Oh yes, so it just stress. Like oh, stress. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and as usual, follow us on Spotify and subscribe to our YouTube channel. A like and a comment would really help us out. You can also follow us on our social media, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. And feel free to DM us any questions. Alternatively, you can email us at thelabdoctors at gmail.com. And we'll be linking some helpful articles in the episode description. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends and family. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Period. Bye. Period. Man. It's a full stop. Period. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's good. Oh.